My name is Taylor Greger. I'm a veteran Navy rescue swimmer, and now I sail veterans around on expeditions. We're based out of Texas. I'm Glenn Holton, and I'm a documentary filmmaker. Hi, I'm Shane Gregg. I'm a film producer and co-owner of the production company Fresh Fly. Expecting a pretty good storm tonight. Not one of those hit you and quit you types. Since I was a kid, man, all I wanted to do was sail around the world. And I joined the military as a stepping stone to make that possible. After getting out of the military, I was diagnosed with PTSD. And it was pure hell. I ended up putting a Glock to my head and pulled the trigger. And it didn't go off. What am I still doing here? Was it a second chance? I wanted to show my buddies getting out that they weren't the only ones going through this. That kid loves with a huge heart. And to him, all the military guys are his family. So I took up an impossible challenge, sailing around Cape Horn to raise awareness about what's really going on with veterans. I put everything into this expedition. I've lost everything for this expedition, too. Boat's leaking, caught on fire last night, pushing her luck. I question myself all the time. Is everything that I've given going to change anything? You feel alive out here. You're working with the winds. You're working with the water. You know, she beats you down, but at the same time, she rewards you when that sun comes out, and it's just a ray of sunlight coming out over a glacier. That kid won't give up. <laughs> he won't give up on anything. You're not prepared for everything. All you can do is just take the storm and keep on pushing through it. Life is worth the fight. That is a trailer from the documentary Hell or High Seas. And this is Factual America. We're brought to you by Alamo Pictures, an Austin and London-based production company making documentaries about America for international audiences. I'm your host, Matthew Sherwood. Each week, I watch a hit documentary and then talk with the filmmakers and their subjects. This week, it is my pleasure to welcome the filmmakers behind the recently released documentary Hell or High Seas. Taylor Greger, Glenn Holston, and Shane Gregg. The film is a ripping adventure about two Texans who decide to sail some of the most treacherous waters known to man around Cape Horn in a patched-up sloop. In raising awareness about the plight of U.S. military veterans, the film also teaches us something about the human spirit. Taylor, Glenn, and Shane, welcome to Factual America. How are things with you? I'll start off with Taylor. How are you? Good, man. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's cool. It's good getting yeah. to talk to you. It's great to have you on. Uh, Glenn? Doing well. Thanks for the invitation, and thanks for the nice uh, words about the film. Yeah, well, it's it's my pleasure. And uh, Shane, how about you? How are things? Great. Happy to be here, man. Glad we're doing it. Okay, well, uh, just to remind our listeners and watchers, uh, the film's Hell or High Seas, uh, recently released. It's available to stream on various digital platforms, or you can go to their website, hellorhighseas.com. So congratulations. Uh, you got a film made. I think it's getting great reviews uh, from what I've seen. And uh, maybe, Glenn, I'm going to start with the director on this one. Um, 
Maybe you can get us a little little synopsis for our audience. What is Hell or High Seas all about? Well, Hell or High Seas is about Taylor Gregor's adventure journey, actually, um, to heal himself, but also raise attention to the the raise attention to the troubling fact that many people who return from the military don't return healthy and then end up taking their lives, um, dying by suicide. Uh, Taylor wanted to raise awareness about this fact that, that exists in America, that an unfortunate number of people die every day by suicide veterans. Um, but he also wanted to challenge himself by taking this adventure and sailing around Cape Horn, which is the bottom tip of the world and some of the most dangerous waters. And, and Taylor, this is your story, isn't it? I mean, um, Navy veteran, you've had your own struggles with PTSD, um, very candid moments in the film, uh, sharing your innermost uh, thoughts. Um, and uh, what were you hoping to achieve by, uh, I mean, not even about the film, just you decided to set off from Pensacola in a patched up, beat up sloop that you'd repaired. What were you, what was your, what was the point of the journey? Yeah, well, candid's a nice way to put it. So thanks for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I thought it, it was weird whenever I got back to the states, and um, there's a lot of stuff going on with my body that I didn't understand, and that I think you know compounded all the problems that I had. One one of the biggest things that happened to me whenever I got back was my adrenaline would start running for no reason at all, mm. and uh, I didn't know why, man. And it was just it was weird, and it was really scary honestly because you know i thought that something was really wrong with me and um yeah so the the goal of the film and the reason why we made a film was to kind of show my experience so the guys coming out after us didn't didn't have that same experience i did that they knew exactly what was going on with the body and they didn't just go down that that ptsd spiral where you kind of just ruin your life um hoping that if they saw what i went through and that you can heal and you can get better that they won't have to go through what I did whenever I first got back. Mm-hmm. And, and whose idea was it to sail around Cape Horn of all places? Yeah. Uh, Stephen and I had some whiskey one night. We were talking about, uh, <laughs> that's how, how these always help. get started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, we were talking about how we could help the boys and, uh, you know, it all revolved around using film and using media to reach them. Because, I mean, this is the first time in our history that we can mm-hmm. do that. You know, if you think about every war that we've yeah. ever come back from, there hasn't been a way to reach every single veteran in the States. And so mm-hmm. using film and putting it out online was a no-brainer for us. Um, the next question was like, well, how are we going to get anybody to watch it? You know, we're not going to be YouTube stars because we don't have bikinis on our boat or anything. <laughs> so like, well... We're probably going to have to do something really dangerous that nobody else has done before. And, uh, okay. and then, I mean, that just came around to Cape Horn. There was kind of no question about it. We got to sail the baddest waters in the world if anybody's going to watch this. So, so it okay. kind of made the decision for us. Okay. And, um, there's, there's such, so much more to it than just that, but, uh, Glenn and Shane, I mean, how, how, and when did you all get involved? Um, Shane? Yeah, we saw um, actually through Steven's aunt, um, who had worked with Glenn on another film, uh, brought it to our attention. And she said, she's like, you should, um, you guys should check out what my nephew's doing. Uh, he's doing something pretty, 
pretty cool and it's pretty intense. And, you know, we looked at some of the early footage that they had done. And, uh, and then once, and when we understood like what the purpose of making this film was for, what it was all about, um, we were kind of like in very quickly uh, because mm -hmm. Taylor and Steven had done such an amazing job. Uh, you would think that they had like camera training or something. I don't know if they just got lucky the whole time or if like these guys actually have some skills, <laughs> but uh, no, they, they, just what they had put together already was very compelling visually. And we knew that there was a story there and uh, you know, we wanted to join in with them and help them shape that and tell that. Yeah. I, I mean, when someone's aunt comes to you and says, I've got the, this nephew and his friend who've got some, they're doing this thing. You, you must, you must have had your, you must have been skeptical at first before you saw the, the rushes or the, the dailies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, Yo, go, go ahead, ahead, Glenn. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was really worried that it would be a bunch of cell phone footage that I, I would need some dramamine for before I had to, <laughs> yeah. to watch it for being seasick myself. But, you know, as, they were making these little Patreon videos to help support their journey. So mm -hmm. they they had a real mission and a purpose for making these videos. But when I watched them, and I also shared them with our editor, Vic Carino, um, I immediately saw the whole thing. I saw a really great pair of main characters. I saw really wonderful, natural human beings who felt comfortable with each other on camera. There was no performance. There's no performance in here. It's just their, their life and their daily life together on this boat. And I also saw this journey that was giant and big and scary and that they were fearlessly attempting. Um, we met them sort of halfway when the, the journey had taken a hiatus because, for many, many reasons. And um, we quickly, Stephen came from Texas to New York and Shane and I are based in Philadelphia. So um, we had a quick meeting and I mean, it was such a pretty easy agreement. Yes, we will help you. Um, and from that moment on, it became, you know, us supporting them with some technology, although they had done a great job of, of sort of stocking the boat with gadgets and stuff to make pictures and sound. Um, but also it, it helped us sort of steer them in sort of what to capture. I was very pleased at a last screening when Stephen said that the one thing that he remembered from our conversation was that I told him, when in doubt, just shoot the faces. Um, mm. So, and that, those are some great moments near the end where we're looking at Taylor's faces and, and John's face and, and, we see Stephen's faces as well. So I was really happy to sort of give them the gentle, gentle guidance um, that way. And, and Taylor, how did you, I mean, like the guys say, uh, you already had, I mean, you've got this gentle pushes towards the end, but how did you guys pull this off? Because you're not trained filmmakers, um, yet uh, you were already doing a little bit of that capturing the faces and these very intimate and poignant moments. And at, at the same time, I mean, what the hell it must be like being on the, boat with just one other guy for hours and days and months and years on end yeah uh no we're not filmmakers at all um that was <laughs> that was one of the other things that we kind of talked about along with if we were going to do this and we were going to put video hmm. or film out to veterans to the veteran population we had a very real conversation it was like if you've ever watched any film with a veteran before and anything is wrong in it, they're like the biggest critics in the world and the harshest critics you could, <laughs> you could ever watch a movie with. So we're like, if we're going to make film, we've got to try, you know, it's, um, yeah. there was a conscious effort to try and, and capture what it was really like on the boat. Um, you know, it took us a couple of weeks to get used to, yeah. to the cameras. Right. 
um, just because we've never done anything like that before. But mm. I mean, we downloaded a bunch of YouTube videos, just like just like the maintenance on the boat. You know, filming yeah. was was a yeah. part of that learning process. Yeah. So we, when we were at sea, we just watch all the YouTube videos. We downloaded on on how to film and <laughs> and how to how to frame properly. Um, yeah, we didn't know anything about that. So it was a it was a learning process. I mean, we had two. The expedition was two years. So mm. after a year of trying you know you have to get decent <laughs> or capable at it <laughs> if yeah. not you'd have to quit um, <laughs> I, well, so we, I, had, we had a lot of time yeah, you had a lot of time but what do you i mean it's just two sometimes three guys on that boat and you've gone through some hellish storms and seas and yet you're capturing yourself dangling from the rigging trying to make repairs and stuff like that i mean that's uh I don't know. I'm not a. I'm. Ex, I'm certainly a landlubber. I, I get seasick just crossing on a ferry. But uh, uh, I can't imagine trying to save the boat and also film all that at the same time. It was tough. Yeah, man. Um, There's a lot of times when we thought we were going to die and we just didn't pick up a camera because we were trying to keep the boat alive. Yeah. Um, so it was hard. So a lot of those scenes were. A lot of the hard scenes in the film are some of our easiest hard moments, I guess is the best way to put it, just because we didn't we didn't have another hand to, to stay alive out there. So it was, it was a task for sure. Mm. Um, I think um, maybe that takes us to a good point to give our listeners and watchers a, an early break. But we'll be right back with uh, Taylor Gregor, Glenn Holston, and Shane Gregg, the filmmakers behind Hell or High Seas recently released on digital platforms and available on hellorhighseas.com. If you enjoy Factual America, check out the Movie Maker podcast. That's all one word, Movie Maker. Where our friends at moviemaker.com interview everyone from filmmakers just breaking in to A-listers like David Fincher and Edgar Wright about their movie-making secrets and behind-the-scenes tricks of the trade. They go deep and let the guests speak uninterrupted get you the most film insight. Now back to Factual America. Welcome back to Factual America. I'm here with filmmakers Taylor Gregor, Glenn Holston, and Shane Gregg. Hell or High Seas is the film recent released on digital platforms and also available on the website hellorhighseas.com. So, um, I think, uh, Glenn, you were saying you got involved sort of halfway through the project, the journey, I should say, maybe. Um, um, and once you were on board, then what, what was uh, your involvement? Did you fly down to Patagonia? And, and Yes. Yeah, and uh, that must have been incredible. It was, it, was fa- it was fantastic. They had completed the journey. So we, Shane and I, went with a super talented cinematographer named John Pope, and we filmed with um, Taylor and Stephen for, goodness, Shane, what was it, a couple days? Yeah, we were filming. It was like a six-day trip, and we yeah. filmed like three or four days of it. So we did a lot of filming down there. Yeah, and there was this key interview that Taylor was very willing to participate in, that, wherein he sort of talked about his his roughest moments in life mm. and the moments mm. of, of of what deciding whether or not he wanted to live. Um, and that was missing from the footage that they had, and we'd had conversations about it that we knew that we needed to give those layers to the film. The, the adventure was wonderful and amazing, but we need to give the depth of the story. We need to gather the depth of the story. Uh, that was one of our, our, our chief challenges in Patagonia. And then also we were able to grab all this kinds of footage of, of 
Patagonia itself and Taylor and Stephen in the environment that is sprinkled through the film rather cleverly um, mm. so that there's this, and again, they did a great job capturing it all, but there's this level of polish through the film mm. that is because uh, we were able to sort of sp sprinkle some of that in. Uh, it was a it was a wonderful adventure. I loved every smell of it. <laughs> and I mean, so besides filling in the um, the the sort of the, the pieces or adding that depth, you've you, as you mentioned. I mean, I think both you and uh, Shane have experience with s films that deal with some of these subjects. I mean, we're, is that also part of the challenge? Because it's a very personal film. We'll talk to Taylor in a, in a minute about this, but uh, to get people to who've suffered through this to to share that on screen that's uh that that must be quite a quite a challenge or is in, in bringing that to to the to life yeah i i have done quite a few films about mental health and mental health journeys and it's really important to me i grew up with a mom who was depressed a lot and in my family we didn't know how to talk about it we didn't talk about it we didn't have language to um give our feelings give to our feelings so as as not a kid, I really uh, want to be a part of giving people language for a conversation. So taking someone like Taylor or any person who's had this journey of, of a tough, tough journey that they've worked very hard to work through, I, I know that that's the most precious thing that they can share with somebody and I have to honor that. And so I, I really wanted our time together to be, um, safe you know really safe for taylor and i wanted him to feel that he was giving this precious gift over to someone who would hold it and care for it as as it should be cared for um so that was my utmost priority luckily you know shane is such a great guy and john is such a great person as well and so there was this very sort of feeling of, of support throughout the filming uh, that we felt from, for and from each other and i think that helped Hmm. I, I think it did. Tyler will tell us of okay. what he felt during that time. Well, and 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 Taylor, I'm not going to make you relive that moment. I think uh, we were talking earlier before we started feeling about spoiler alerts. I think that's uh, the details of that. Maybe that conversation are best saved for what the the film in some ways. But maybe you can. I mean, the whole point of this was to raise awareness about PTSD and veterans. Um, Maybe, uh, if you don't mind, I mean, do you feel comfortable? What is it like living with PTSD? You know, is, uh, and why, and maybe why do so many veterans have it? I think what was very interesting about you and your, this film is raising the awareness about even those who are non-combatants, how they, they suffer with it as well. Um, yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, <laughs> I think the big, the biggest thing and the easiest way to start with talking about PTSD is people think it's, it's all bad memories that you relive, you know, it's a part of it. Um, because when you go through those bad moments overseas, your adrenaline is running, it's trying to keep your body alive. And, uh, there's a direct correlation between memory recall and adrenaline. Mm -hmm. So you see those terrible moments as clear as you're there today. You know, that's, and that's definitely part of it. But what I didn't know, and my biggest problem um, was I didn't, I didn't understand how physical it was, how your body on a physiological level changed. So when you live in an environment where your adrenaline's run constantly and you constantly think you're going to die, you know, flying in helicopters, for instance, mm -hmm. um, those things aren't made to stay in the air, right? So your, your adrenaline's always running and you have a level of cortisol always being released into your body. 
And that actually shrinks the hippocampus in your brain and reduces its size over time. So if you spend, you know, six years or 10 years or 20 years living like that, your hippocampus has shrunk and your hippocampus is in charge of your body's fight or flight reaction whenever your adrenaline starts running. So whenever you're back in the States and your adrenaline starts running for no reason, because um, that's used to operating at that tempo, your body can't respond correctly to that fight or flight reaction. So you get like, you get real tense and scared. Like you are going to fight someone right now. Um, mm. And I had no idea how this, how physical it was. And when you compound that on top of the memories that you live through, your adrenaline's running, you start seeing those times you were overseas that you don't want to think about and relive. Um, it compounds, man. And that is so overwhelming for me. I didn't want to live in this world anymore. It was just so dark and disgusting, dude. There was no reason to want to stay in this world and be a part of it. Um, and that's all I saw every single day in, you know, we hear it over and over again at these screenings that we do now. Um, veterans mm -hmm. from Vietnam from World War II come up and say the exact same thing. They'll say, you know, I've been living like this for decades and mm -hmm. nobody has ever told me this. Yeah. And that breaks my freaking heart, dude. Like those yeah. guys have been in pain yeah. for 20 years, 30 years. That's why we made this film to kind of talk yeah. about it and say, you know, like there is a physical problem here that you can actually heal. And we talk about that in the film too, that your hippocampus can regrow. Whenever you are in environments where your adrenaline's running, your endorphins running, and, and you know that's one of the biggest things we talk about when we do Q and A's and the screenings is um, adventure therapy and and how you can how you can heal. You don't have to live in, in darkness anymore. Mm. And I mean, what uh, Taylor? What would you say, family members to family members? What what would your your advice be to them in terms of uh, their their loved ones who come back and good chance they are suffering from this? Yeah, that's always a really hard question to answer because um, just because I broke about every single relationship that I had whenever I was going through this and I pushed anyone that cared about me away. Um, and I was, I mean, nasty, you know, just yeah. anybody that ever loved me didn't at that point. Um, so I, I usually tell family members that, you know, after they've seen my story, um, he just, he, I mean, it's a big ask, but yeah, I usually ask for patience, you know, yeah. you're trying to heal. You're trying to get your body right again. And until that happens, you're not going to want to live. You're not going to mm -hmm. care about those relationships. So, so forcing things on people like, Oh, you got to go. So you need to go to the VA. The VA didn't help me at all. When I got back, that was the worst thing. I, I don't tell people to do that. And I have a lot of respect for the VA and the people that work there, but Indeed. it didn't mm -hmm. help me one bit. Um, a pill didn't help me one bit at all made things worse actually so i tell i tell people look the best you can do is, is be patient hmm. and put something in front of them some adventure therapy program in front of them you know just so long as they know that they can get better because it's going to hmm. click in their mind they're going to push everybody away but it's going to click at some point or another that hmm. i don't want to live like this anymore and they'll hmm. see that there's an option to get better and hmm. getting out with guys that have been through it and been overseas with you before in an environment where your adrenaline's running and your endorphins running and you're seeing some of the most beautiful things you can see in the world mm. will make you want to live again. So mm. if there's families listening to this and they have family members going through it, I would definitely point them to an adventure therapy program near them. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to be like, you need to go to this now. And just, Hey, there's this group of guys that are going through what you went through and they're doing cool stuff like trekking through the mountains on horseback for 30 days or going sailing for two weeks mm. off the coast, you know? There's options to, to get better. So I, that's where I would start. 
Okay. Well, I, I really appreciate that. Um, um, not to go not personalize this too much. I have my own connections to someone who's who has served, and uh, you know, it's it's one of those things you mentioned. World War II, Vietnam, and these are the, you know, these are those generations that never talked about it, you know, and, uh, you know, I think we think this is something new, but I just think maybe it's something that we just never recognized previously, um, or should have recognized. I mean, Glenn and Shane, I mean, you, I know you've done a lot of different things, but you, as you said, you have some connections, uh, you've done some mental health uh, related projects. Uh, I mean, what do you think uh, many of us don't realize in, in your experience when you're, you know, um, that uh, what, what in particular veterans, people like Taylor are going through and, and others with these sort of mental health issues? I think it's such a simple message. Recovery is possible. Recovery yeah. is possible for anyone who takes that step, who, as Taylor pointed out, it needs to come from within. But there are all kinds of supports around once you take that step, Actually, it's a circle. Once you step into the circle that you say you want to you want to change. Um, and that's where I find such strength and such personal inspiration for someone who's brave enough to take that first step into that circle where they say they want to change. Uh, because if they can get through these journeys, you know, my little day <laughs> seems so pale yeah. in comparison. Yeah. Uh, but I think every, every one of us has that strength. I just think we need to be alerted to it. Um, okay. Um Shane, did you have anything to, to add to that? Yeah, sure. You know, I, I agree exactly with what Glenn said. And, you know, a, a question that we get often is, um, how can I be supportive? You know, what can I do to help? And, uh, you know, I think, I think that there is a part for everybody to play, you know, and it mm -hmm. doesn't have to be big. You know, it could be as simple as, you know, call your friend up and, have a cup of coffee with them, invite them right. over for dinner. Right. Um, if you don't know a veteran and you want to get involved and there's plenty of opportunities, you know, you just got to show up and, and that's it. You know, it's, it's really about giving your time. You don't always have to say the right thing, you know, and mm. I think it's just more about being present. Uh, and so with that, you know, personally, after having now been involved in this project for four years, you know, I kind of feel my own, like a sense of like, Hey, you know, I feel like there's a level of my own personal responsibility in the sense of like, Hey, here's a, here's a, a group of men and women that have first served for us and provide, you know, certain freedoms for us that, that we are able to enjoy. Like, Hey, I'm able to be a film producer and I, and I love what I do. And, and that's credited back to, um, our military and veteran uh, personnel. And so it just feels like to me, like there should be at least, I should be at least making an effort to meet them halfway in some way, shape or form. Mm. Um, and it could just, like I said, be as simple as just being present, you know, uh, being aware and, and having just a basic understanding of, um, Hey, you know, transitioning out of the military and back into civilian life, is not necessarily always easy for everybody. Mm. And just like Taylor said, um, just be patient, um, but be there too, you know? And, and uh, that was a, a big takeaway for me from this. Mm. And uh, I think Taylor, you've already mentioned this, but uh, from all of you, I mean, I, I, you've mentioned the, you've done the screenings, you've had some incredible receptions from, from audiences. Um, um, what do you, um, I mean, how is, is this, I, I, and I've seen this, you know, 
get on social media, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I see how this is resonating. I mean, how is that? Uh, that must make you feel good um, in a way. Um, and also, um, I mean, what is what are the lessons you've you've taken from that? Are people being inspired by this film to uh, who are include you know various things, whether they're sufferers or or the family members or friends. The coolest thing we've seen with these screenings is, uh, or I've seen it myself, I've gotten a lot of uh, hope from it for our country, man. And and it sounds cheesy, I know. But we did go the route for the better part of a year trying to uh, talk to congressmen and, and mm. even try to talk to senators here in Texas. And that just went nowhere. Um, yeah. We couldn't get anywhere with it. There was just the problem was too big. It's too big for us. We can't handle it. So it's pretty discouraged on our mission whenever we got back to the States. Um, mm. And then we started doing the screenings and we do these screenings around the States and these communities and these communities give a shit, dude. And they like come yeah. pouring out, like, yeah. how can we start these programs here in our States? How can I get my niece or nephew or son or daughter in front of one of these adventure therapy programs? And that, and I'm glad to say, you know, I mean, there's thousands of, of adventure therapy programs around the States yeah. Because other veterans, you know, went through, I did, and started a program themselves in whatever state they're in, whatever community they're in. Yeah. There's been a need for it, and people have taken it upon themselves to make sure our boys or our brothers and sisters are taken care of. So, I mean, that's the coolest part is communities are doing it themselves. They're taking care of our own whenever we come back and, and not waiting on the government to do something about it, which I think for me has been incredible to be a part of and to see. I mean, it's mm. just really re- relit the fire in me. But as far as feeling good going to these screenings, I mean, I, I don't feel good going to any of these screenings, dude, because <laughs> yeah, the people yeah. that come to these have been hurting for years, you know, and yeah, haven't been getting yeah. the help that they need. So I think if, if anything, it's, it's just, it pisses me off more and makes us all more motivated to get this mm. in front of as many people as we can to let them know they're not alone. Mm. Um, we definitely feel like we're, we're reaching people, but I mean, there's, there's 19 million veterans in the States, you know, we got a long way to go before everybody's getting the help yeah. that they need. Yeah. But I, I gather the uh, maybe just slowly a few of the politicians are starting to to listen and and hear what you're saying. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of our we're we're getting a little bit of attention, not near as much as we should. I mean, for context, you know, whenever like for instance, when the GI Bill was created, seventy five percent of our Congress were veterans. You know, yeah. um, and now our Congress is composed of 32% veterans. So it's just, it's not that they, it's not their fault. You know, I think that's what everybody gets mad about. All the government's not doing anything. I think that they just don't know. I don't I really do. And that's part of um, why we made this film to kind of show people what's going on and that there is a problem. Cause if you haven't served, then you have no idea. You really yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's another leg of the film. You know, if we can get this in front of the people that make policy, we can start creating programs for veterans when they out process to let them know what's going on and how to heal. Other yeah. countries are doing it much better than we are, man. Like the U- like you guys in the UK, you guys yeah. do have, that's in the film. You saw that? Yeah, I was going to ask um, you about that. That was my next question. Because you've got that great scene. You got the guys from the, uh, I don't know what the UK, the British Army is doing in a boat. But anyway, um, <laughs> you ran into them. What? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just one of the things that happens with this film. We all kind of laugh about now because it's happened over and over again. But the chances of two boats meeting in the world in the Panama Canal at the exact minute of the day is just unreal, dude. And then mm-hmm. for that boat to be filled by active duty military mm-hmm. guys is, is, I mean, 
it's unheard of this world. I mean, I will never be able to describe it. Mm. But um, yeah, the boat's crewed by active duty military. It's funded by the Royal Logistics Corps there in the UK. And their unit, their their unit, I had no idea about this program first mm. to say it. I don't know if I say that on film, but we had no idea that something like this existed. Yeah. And they're telling us on the boat because we're flying. We have the Mission 22 flag flying. And they're like, right. dude, Mission 22, man, nice. You guys are out here for veteran suicide. I'm like, hell yeah, we are going to Cape Horn. You know, and they were all about it. They're yeah. like, that's so sick. Yeah. Um, they're like, we're doing, we're, we're, we're doing the same thing. I was like, what the hell are a bunch of active duty army guys doing out here? Yeah. And uh, that's the first time I ever heard anything like it. They said, yeah, well, when we go on deployments, when we come back, a third of our unit at a time is required to go on an adventure therapy program. Either it's sailing, hiking, or kayaking, or camping. Like, they get to choose and their command funds that program. So they rotate through when they go back, you know, mm. and I don't know. I mean, a light bulb, dude, yeah. um, all of our problems in the States around PTSD and veteran suicide. Re- I mean, we talk about it on the film, you know, yeah. people just yeah. build veterans houses and give them counseling and give them medication, you know, but right. there isn't anything being done to prevent veteran suicide at all. And these other countries mm. that are working where the ver- veteran suicide numbers are going down are yeah. work are yeah. focused on preventing guys getting there, you know? So, we need to start doing that in the States. You know, it's not, yeah. it's proven and it's not hard to do. We just have to start doing it. Yeah. I think that's a good point. I mean, it's, I can tell you, uh, having lived here a while, the veteran, well, it's, it's still higher than the national average veteran suicide rates were quite high, but then as you noted, uh, actually they're starting to do, try to do something about that, but, uh, it, it's, it's been an issue, uh, here here as well but um no i thought that was a really cool moment in the film and uh certainly uh, i really appreciated that um i mean i think um this is um i mean and again i, I just say someone who's seen it it's, it's just i think it's, i found this quite a interest an amazing film in that you've got this adventure yet you're where you know how many films combine an adventure story with raising awareness with, uh, you know, um, also, you know, inf- informing us about, you know, these these issues that, uh, I, I mean, personally, as, as, and I can say as an American citizen, um, I think one issue you kind of alluded to with, um, you know, how many of the, how much of, how many in Congress are veterans. I mean, we've, we've been living in, we've been having wars and things without, you know, a, a, a good part, portion of the population being, sort of unaware that all this is happening. You know, I think uh, so few of us have had direct connections to, to what's been going on. So, um, so thanks, thanks again for bringing this to, to being crazy and deciding to go around uh, the <laughs> Cape Horn. <laughs> you know, Texans aren't supposed to do that. We're crazy, but we're not supposed to go around Cape Horn in a, in a little boat. But uh, but thank you for for doing that and the power of Jack Daniels. Um, the uh, the uh, I think we're starting to come on the end of our time together. I mean, uh, Glenn and Shane, is there anything else you want to add about this project? That was, um, I mean, um, you must be um, very proud of this and uh, thankful to have. Uh, uh, Steve, I guess we should give a shout out to Stephen. He's the person who's kind of not been uh, mentioned. Well, he's been mentioned, but uh, he was your your buddy yes. here, uh, Taylor, and he's a published sh- author, short story author. And uh, but uh, thanks to his aunt for be- bringing this to your films. But anything, uh, I'll let you say maybe a last word about the film that you might want to add. 
Glenn? I would like to give a shout out to our editor, Vic Carino. Um, the editing team. I mean, we had mm. hundreds and hundreds of hours of footage to sift through. We actually had two editing rooms going at the same time. So the first brush that was looking at all the all the rushes at double mm. speed, yeah. stopping at moments that looked like something was interesting happening, then paying careful attention to them. And then we dumped that footage over to Vic's um, station where he was working and working with him to craft the... The, the, the flow of the film was really exciting. Mm. I mean, we had one of those big charts with stickies all over yeah, it and yeah. scenes described. And um, so I think that everyone wanted to honor this journey. And, and I think it brought out the best in all the craftspeople who worked on it. The animation is amazing. Yeah, I was going to um, add that. Andrea Bataille and Penny Ashman. And the music? Music, Michael Aaron, composer. Yeah, I mean, everyone gave their best. And it's, the film is, is um, a composite of everyone's best. And, you know, Shane, behind the scenes, always pushing that boulder up the hill, always pushing. Thank you, Shane. Uh, that was, it was a film that had to happen. It had, we couldn't leave this footage on a hard drive somewhere. It had to yeah, be yeah. crafted into the story that it deserved to be. And I really feel like it's there. And that's, if there is a, if there is a pleasure in going to the screenings, it's saying, my goodness, you know, it's, we did it, hmm. <laughs> which is, you know, they did the journey. Uh, another smaller journey is the making yeah. of the film, but it is still a journey. And, and Taylor, did you ever imagine this this finished product would look like this? This must be uh, exceeding your expectations. It is, yeah, very much so. Um, we now, but everybody that worked on this film, we uh, we wouldn't have we wouldn't have a film to show if it wasn't for them. And um, certainly, all those voices, people in pain for the years would never be heard if it wasn't for them. I know uh, John, Stephen, and I are forever grateful uh, to this crew. I think Glenn put it put it the best. You know, I feel like they're just like Sisyphus rolling the boulder up the hill. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. Uh, uh, a lot of uh, classical been, gr- Greek literature and uh, mentions that through this film and here as well. And uh, Shane, carry on. What were you going to say? I wasn't, I don't have too much more to add other than it it has, you know, I think you said it earlier on, it has been an honor to be part of this, you know, we're, we're, it it really has been a privilege to, to work on this, to get to know guys like Taylor. Um, It's really been an eye opening experience and it's been really positive. Um, And then, you know, and, you know, it's just like it says in the, in the film, and I don't want to give away too much, you know, the work continues, right? You know, right. And now we're in this zone of um, trying to share the film with people and, and how do we do that? And it's, and things like this that we're doing with you are really great. And, you know, we just, to use that reference of pushing the boulder up the hill, we're, we're still doing that. We're pushing the boulder now uh, in terms of uh, talking to people about the movie. You know, I, I feel like I'm a broken record. I'm like, Oh, if you love the movie, then leave us a review, man. You know, because it, it helps. Do you know what I mean? So to all those listeners out there, yeah. if you love the movie, leave us a review. YouTube, mm. IMDB, Rotten Tomatoes, whatever you like, you know, give us a thumbs up or, or whatever you like to do. It, it really helps. And, um, you know, we're a real grassroots effort um, because mm. we don't have, uh, you know, we don't have a Disney or Marvel Studios budget to, to market this. So we rely heavily on supporters uh to help us move to the next phase and and move Mm. to the next screening Mm. okay um with that in mind i think we are uh coming to the end of our time together i just uh just going to ask each one of you uh what's next for you uh glenn what's uh 
What's next uh, in terms of projects you're working on? Are you going to be the typical filmmaker and say, oh, I can't, I've got a lot of projects, but none I can talk about at the moment? Oh, I've got a lot of projects. I'm happy to talk about all of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, another another unfortunate story that I'm working on is, uh, is the the um, impact of gun violence in the city that I live in. Mm-hmm. So I'm investigating that through first-person stories of people who've been directly affected by violence. Um, I'm engaged in a portrait of a civil rights activist who was a great hero of mine, and he's 83 years old, and he just got arrested last week. Um, so lots of good things. I'm doing a portrait of a painter, Jamie Wyeth, who and I did a portrait of his father, Andrew Wyeth, before. That's right. Uh, and that's been quite quite a beautiful film to work on. So I'm feeling very rich in stories and very lucky in life. We look forward to uh, seeing those. And uh, Shane, how about you? Uh, I just ride Glenn's coattails, man. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and now, and now I'm going to pick up on Taylor's too. So I'll just ride uh, Taylor's coattails as well. You know, it's not riding. You're making. You're driving. You're making it happen. It's not true. But but I'm fresh driver. <laughs> fresh fly must have something. Uh, other th- other things going on. But... Oh yeah, no, we do. Uh, yeah, we yeah. have. Uh, I mean, we do a lot of commercial work too, um, and that's uh, a big part of our business as well. Uh, you know, the, the advertising and commercial side and, uh, it enable you know, it, it, that enables us to, to do these sorts of films exactly. where, you know, we can then take the time and put resources towards, uh, doing something that we're passionate about. And we feel like, uh, can be bigger than, than ourselves and serve a larger purpose. And, you know, that's really why we do a lot of these films and these projects, because, it enables us to use the skills, the skill sets that we've been able to acquire over the last number of years, and uh, put them to to good use. Wow. Well, that's a that is a well trod path for many documentary filmmakers. I know it uh, it uh, goes all the way back. It uh, pays keeps the lights on while you get to do the stuff you uh, uh, enjoy, like uh, like like this project and uh, Taylor. Uh, I think you've already mentioned, and I know it comes up in the film, but uh, congratulations, you've started a family. What's next for you and, uh, um, in terms of what you're also doing in, in terms of helping uh, uh, veterans? Cool, man. Thanks. Uh, well, yeah, pushing the film is still a big big part of us. We're still doing screenings. Um, our next screening is at Paris Island, it's a big Marine Corps base here in the right. States. Um, that's on December 10th. So getting in front of active duty guys and veterans is still a big part of our goal. Um, next goal is is to get an Academy Award, dude, get nominated. So if anybody <laughs> listening to this knows anybody that votes on these things, hit us up. Because, dude, I mean, we'd be able to reach so many veterans if that happened, you know? Um, yeah. There'd be millions of veterans that would see it that would never have seen it before. Mm. Um, that's, that's the next big goal of ours. And then on the other side, personally, John and I are sailing. Um, we started a foundation down here in Texas. It's called American Odysseus Sailing Foundation. Um, this last year, we sailed with 56 veterans. We go sail for a couple of days or a week at a time down the coast of Texas. That's a big goal and focus bars. We're done for the season now. We'll pick back up in March. And then the next one is uh, my tequila is finally coming into the States. I don't know if you guys watch the news, but this logistics backlog off California has killed us. <laughs> um, so we should have some bottles in by before the end of the year. Now, yeah, supposed, we're supposed to have them here two months ago. That didn't happen. So you should be. Uh, are you bringing your bottles in from China? What's what's that? So uh, that hasn't been mentioned, but uh, you have. I did see that you've. You're also you're a man of uh, uh, of many talents. Uh, you've invented a tequila. Is that right? You've developed a 
And so, um, yeah, what's the supply chain issues that are killing you? No bottles, is that right? No bottles, no glass bottles. Yeah, COVID hit. Um, pretty much glass manufacturers in Mexico either shut down or raised their prices to like $5 a bottle, which we have crushed us uh, starting out. So, yeah, it's been a it's been a long road, but that's yeah. that's a conversation for another time. That's that's a different, very a whole different podcast. That's the I'll, I'll yeah refer that to the Economist or, or someone. But um, hey, well, thank you guys. Really, really enjoyed having you on. It's been a been a pleasure. Uh, just to remind our listeners, we've been talking with Taylor Gregor, Glenn Holston, Shane Gregg, the filmmakers behind Hell or High Seas, recently released on digital platforms and available on the eponymous website, hellorhighseas.com. So thanks, guys. Good luck with the uh, screenings and all your future endeavors. And um, we'll be on the lookout for those. And um, yeah, again, a big thank you and uh, really appreciate you coming on. I'd also like to give a big shout out to Sam and Joe at Intersound Audio in Eskrick, England. Uh, a big thanks to Nevena Paunovic, our podcast manager at Alamo Pictures, who ensures we continue getting such great guests like Taylor, Glenn, and Shane onto the show. Finally, a big thanks to our listeners. As always, we love to hear from you, so please keep sending us feedback and episode ideas, whether it is on YouTube, social media, or directly by email. And please remember to like us and share us with your friends and family wherever you happen to listen or watch podcasts. This is Factual America, signing off. You've been listening to Factual America. This podcast is produced by Alamo Pictures, specializing in documentaries, television, and shorts about the USA for international audiences. Head on down to the show notes for more information about today's episode, our guests, and the team behind the podcast. Subscribe to our mailing list or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Alamo Pictures. Be the first to hear about new productions, festivals showing our films, and to connect with our team. Our homepage is alamopictures.co.uk.